Welcome to podcast. Welcome to podcast. We're back. Back at it again. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I think somebody must have mentioned something in like a, a message, uh, maybe on Discord recently about like grape nuts. And it just <laughs> sent me on kind of like a like brain, not spiral, but like a, a rabbit hole of all the random things that like occupied periods of time in our past episodes, like grape nuts and uh, gosh, what were some of charmed. the other ones that was, oh yes, charmed. Honey cakes kept coming up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, grape nuts haven't come up in our conversations in a while, but I feel like what's that phenomenon where... The Mandela effect? No. (laughs) But, you know, it's similar. It's about influence and things. But when you hear something one time, uh, a random thing, like, for instance, in this case, grape nuts, now Mm -hmm. I'm going to see it for, like, the next few weeks in all other places. Yes. That kind of thing. Recently, I think it was, oh, boy, it has to have been a month ago. I don't remember where it was. We were watching something on TV and grape nuts were mentioned. And it got me. I was like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about grape nuts. And every time I think about grape nuts, I think about N. And I started talking about the grape nuts. And then about a week later, oh, God, what was it? Oh, we were playing Cards Against Humanity, I think. And some, one of the answers had grape nuts in it or something. And Amazing. we were like, oh, my God, grape nuts. And I haven't thought about it since probably the last time we talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> It's so funny. I I know what the other thing was that, that I was reminded of, but I'm going to mention it on our Patreon episode that we're going to record after this. Okay, okay, good. Um, um, let's see. Well, we took a week off. I went to North Carolina. Okay. And I how got that? to visit my brother, who is a listener of the podcast. I'm not sure how far behind he is, but got to go visit him, and I got to meet my nephew. Cute. Very cute. I was very excited. So I was happy to have the time off. Um, did you do anything for Memorial Day? No, I, I've been playing a lot of the new Legend of Zelda game. Oh, uh, so that's been it? occupying a lot of. It's really good. I I haven't yet. De- I haven't finished it, so mm-hmm. I haven't yet decided how I feel about it compared to the original. Like, there's things I like more about it, but there's things I like less. So it's mm-hmm. it's. I haven't I haven't fully landed on how it compares to the original. I watched a gameplay original, but... sort of like review video about it, and it was very complimentary for the most yeah. part. Um, and Davey and I are definitely going to get it. We were going to get it with, uh, this paycheck previously, but then Mm -hmm. we're like, we're going out of state. We're driving. (laughs) Yeah. Let's save some money for the unexpected. And thank God we did. So maybe I'll get it this paycheck. I'm looking forward to it. I still can't believe you haven't finished the first one, though. No, no, that'll do first. I, I want to see oh, what good. this new game is all about, so we might get it, and I'll, like, play a little bit of it. But I know as soon as I start playing it, I'm going to be like, okay, I got to go back and finish the first one. Yeah, for sure. You know what's funny? I, I have a recommendation I didn't have until just now. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but this just shows how I am with games. When I was at my brother's in North Carolina, he's, like, a gamer for the most part. It's like for all senses of the word. So mm-hmm. he always knows a million games that I don't. Okay. This game is probably not new, but to me it was new. It's called The Stanley Experiment. 
Oh, uh, yes. I I have it on my Steam wish list. I haven't played it, but I know of it. Okay, I didn't know anything about it, and I went into it playing it. He he reset it for me to play, and he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I'm just going to give you the controller and let you play. And I was like, okay. And it was me, him, and Davey, and he was watching me and, like, cracking up as I was doing things because it's a game where it's a narrative-type game where, yeah. you know, based on what you do, different things could happen. But it's really comically narrated. It's really funny. Yes, yeah. Um, it reminded me of, like, Portal-type humor. Yes. I think and it's the same people, isn't it? I have no idea. I have no idea. Probably. I mean, it was really, really fun. And as I was playing it, he's like, this is kind of like a social experiment because I went through it one playthrough. And he, mm. he had had another person in our lives play it recently. And he's like, when they played it, they did exactly as told and went straight through and did exactly that. And he's like, oh. I knew exactly how you'd play. I checked like every corner. I was like of zooming course. into things. He's like, that's how you are with games. And I'm like, that's so how I am with games. Uh, Which makes sense why you've never finished the exact. original Legend of Zelda. I get overwhelmed with the yeah. map. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. I need to search, seek every crevice, crevasse. Yeah. Anyway, um, but that is a high recommendation I'll give. I, I forgot about that game, but it was so much fun. And, and it was so funny, you're going to crack up playing it. Okay. I, yeah, need, so I, that I was, need to go back to it. Maybe we'll do that on our Patreon. But that would be actually a really fun um patreon episode if we could figure out how to do it where we each play through and then t talk about what our own experiences were that'd be fun i would do you'll that. see when you play what i mean but okay um, okay my other recommendations we watched the movie nope 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 <laughs> i haven't <laughs> have, seen it have you okay we it's been on our list for a long time we finally watched it so it's not you know we're late to the party but it was so good it was so yeah. good and if you plan on watching it, don't watch any like spoilery type things ahead of time because I really enjoyed it not knowing what to expect. Fresh. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I remember when it was like starting out like the marketing for it, all of the trailers were so ominous. Like there were these like weird scenes that didn't seem like they made any sense together. Mm -hmm. And seeing the movie like and seeing it all come together was really cool. And it's one of those movies I think I would watch again to see like how I how I liked it the second time through, you know, Got like it. the things okay. I'd pick up on. And my last recommendation, have you watched the show Yellow Jackets? No, but it's on my list. Oh, I know everybody is obsessed with it. Holy crap. You, <laughs> and I, I, I don't even, do you, first of all, you know it's set in New Jersey? I, I didn't know it was set in New Jersey, but okay, I, Okay. New Jersey in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's like so New Jersey uh, vibes because there's scenes set in like the, 90s and it's like that was when they were my age here's a, th a question i have about it so i've i haven't seen it i mm -hmm. understand a little bit about the premise i think mm -hmm. but what what's most disturbing to me is i i don't know what other show i was watching but commercials for yellow jackets would come on mm -hmm. and it was kurt loader from mtv news <laughs> oh, doing yeah. and he looked exactly like he did back in the days of mtv news mm-hmm and so I uh, did. Did they like digitally de-age him to make it look like it was something that happened in the nineties? I don't know. I did, it was only like a couple of scenes of that, but uh, okay. it might have been actual footage, and they might have just it might have been alluding to something else. Maybe he didn't say any specific words to it. I'd have to look again. But I do remember the Kurt Loader footage being like, "Oh my god!" I was just so in the in the vibe of MTV News, being like, "Where I love to Ugh. get my news." Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, MTV okay. News. If, and I wonder. Nick if, news. I know if um, 
I would have to pay attention again to see, like, did they cut away from his face just as he started talking about the yellow jackets and it was mm-hmm. just audio spliced in? Or uh, they could have done AI type stuff on his face to make him look younger, too. Younger, I mean, he, yeah. I think he's aged rather well, too, if I, I would okay. imagine. Maybe that's just in my head because I'm thinking of how well Dr. Drew was aged and I'm thinking of Love Line. Where yeah. am I? Um, but let me tell you, Yellow Jackets, it's so effing good. We've only watched the first season, so the second season is airing currently. I think the finale is going to be soon. Um, okay. So maybe I'll catch up by then. It is so intense. It's so good. It's so different than I expected. And the the, the cast is so effing good. Hmm. Okay. And you know they do like a, a back in time to current time thing? No, I didn't know that. So the cast is like there's kids cast and then adult cast. Oh, okay. And they do a really good job of who they cast as like adult versions of these of the young people. Well, speaking of that, I just finished watching the Bridgert Queen Charlotte the Bridgerton oh, yeah. story. Uh, and they did a really great job, I think, of casting the young versions of Queen Charlotte and Lady Danbury. And because they did kind of a, you know, back and forward in time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed that. So if you're a fan of Bridgerton, go watch it. Yeah, Bridgerton's on my list. After you recommended this Queen Charlotte show, I was very intrigued. So I went on Netflix <laughs> and checked out the trailer for it. Also, and the I'm guy who intrigued. plays King George is so hot. It's just offensive <laughs> that's like all i knew about bridgerton before i started like Ugh. even looking into it was it was just an hot, incredibly hot cast of hot yeah, people yeah yeah which you know hey not mad at it at british all. royalty isn't necessarily known for their hotness so i think that's a little bit of creative uh shonda rhymesing <laughs> shonda rhymesing okay all right well are you do you have anything else no nothing great i have nothing whitney houston that's my favorite Whitney Houston song. Do you know? I have nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Your interest level on that factoid <laughs> was a all-time low. <laughs> oh, hey, listen. Here's another thing that I realized I feel like I haven't said uh, to you on our podcast in a long time. Great. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> I edit these episodes first. <laughs> When was I the object. last time I said, great? <laughs> 20 minutes ago. Uh, oh my gosh. I don't know. Okay, well, we are in the like home stretch. Yes. The last five chapters. Well, if you include the prologue, the last five chapters, and this is going to be the first of those half. Do you mean epilogue? Oh yeah, I do mean the epilogue. That would make okay. a lot of more sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> I was like, if you included the prologue and then did some really fast math, I was going to be super impressed. Imagine I just I'm that I'm that meme of that uh, lady. Oh, who came out as bisexual? I was by the just way, going to say <laughs> Happy Pride Month, everyone! Happy Pride Month, everyone! <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> uh. That sent me. I'm my last thing, and then I'll get into the book. I swear. Every time Pride Month comes out, comes comes out. Every time Pride Month comes, and the memes of Hillary Duff solving uh, homophobia, solving homophobia. Out, it is you really my... shouldn't say that's so gay when you mean something's bad. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say that's so girl wearing a skirt as a top. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. All right. So this is uh, chapter 23, The Evening Star. And as soon as I I read that chapter title, I was like, that sounds like an in. (laughs) And? And the icon is the lionfish. So we know it's going to have to do with swan in some way. And I was like, yes, a swan chapter. But it's Moiraine. 
and she is in Chachin, and it's like shortly after Lan and his group have gone off on their merry way, and she was told right before they left by Lan to stay out of the rougher parts of Chachin, and she's like, got it. So she goes to the nearest person and says, hi, how do I get to the rougher parts of Chachin? (laughs) (laughs) She is really looking to get there anyway. She... It, it gives her a thrill that it's against the wishes of these people, but that's where she's expecting to run into Swan because yeah. in their like days as novices and accepted and whatnot, you know, she's learned that Swan has an affinity to these places. They've gone there together, you know, to kind of duck out of sight of Aes Sedai because who would be seen in these rough parts if they're in the tower? Right. And so... She's like, okay, I'm going to go down to those parts. She knows that there's a higher risk of crime. She sees theft before her eyes all, all over the place. And she's kind of like looking around, taking in the surroundings. And she knows that room and board will be cheaper here. Food is cheaper here. This is where she's going to run into Swan, if at all. So she finds the first inn and gets to work. It's called The Ruffled Goose. <laughs> and she, there's nowhere to hitch her horse. There's no horses anywhere besides hers. So she's getting a lot of attention, even though she's, you know, trying to be undercover. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool. She does this. Well, I thought this was cool. She weaves air around her horse's hooves. Mm-hmm. And then she sets a ward to around the horse to let her know if anyone tries to move the animal. So it's like an invisible kind of <laughs> hitch. And uh, she goes inside and she gets this like, as she's doing that, she gets this gaze from this woman who's like in the crowd and she looks back and she's looking at her horse as well. She's wearing a red dress and in kind of like a patchwork coat and she kind of takes notes of it, it, goes inside. She talks to this villainous looking innkeeper who is reluctant to give her a room. It's not the kind of place for a girl like her, but she's really asking for information. She asks, have you seen a young woman from Tyr? with blue eyes and he's like nope never met anyone like that kind of like shooing her out and at the same time it says that the war tingles against her skin and so Mm. she knows something's going on with arrow she hurries out and she catches that shifty lady in red oh my god i'm not gonna say lady in red She sees her trying to steal her horse like a fucking maniac. And Moiraine says a line that I'm going to memorize and adapt in some way in my everyday life. She says, I would abandon that notion if I were you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's going to be like my email signature at work. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm going to use it when people say they want to do something and I think it's a bad idea. Maybe I'm going to try it on a Davey next time he uh, he thinks he's going to be, like, sassy with me. I would abandon mm. that notion if I were you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she says this, and she says she knows the laws of the land, and she says what the penalty would be for horse theft. And the woman is kind of, like, shocked that she was caught, and she grabs at her belt knife and says, I suppose you think you can make me. And I was like, oh, shit. This is going to Don't go try down. her, B. <laughs> And I also thought she can't use any Aes Sedai stuff. So what's she going to do? What if she actually gets attacked? 
And then for a minute, well, if she I gets was attacked, like, then she could kick her ass. I hope so. But I was like, what if this? Wo-? Then for a second, I was like, who is this woman? And I started to get really in my head about who this woman was. And I'm glad I just read on because <laughs> the lady is like totally bluffing. And she says, because uh, Moiran says, I will if I must. And she's like, keep your stupid horse. It's, I don't want it anyway. It's not worth the dime. And kind of like marches off. Yeah. And as she marches off, Moiraine channels air striking her in the ass, <laughs> which I liked because the lady just like, at first I was like, oh my God, she's going to get caught. But the lady is like, I guess far enough away that she just turns around like rapidly looking for whoever just kicked her. Yeah. <sighs> so Moiraine has this whole big spectacle, uh, but has struck out. She didn't find anyone who's seen Swan. She goes to the blind pig <laughs> where she strikes out again. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to an inn called the Silver Penny, and she meets an innkeeper named Nadir Sadarov, who's beautiful and joyous, and it's so starkly different to the two inns she was just in, where that were like sorely. And she's like, okay. And she asks this uh, innkeeper if anyone's seen this woman with blue eyes from Tyr, and she says, oh, I, I, I do have a patron like that, but she's stepped out. So why don't you just have a have some wine? And she hands her a cup of spiced wine. And I'm like, wow, this is too good to be true. Moiraine notices as she takes the cup that there's like a little change in her expression. In her expression. In her expression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, it kind of is an ex- expection because it's a change to expectation or anticipation. <laughs> Can I make that work? No. No. <laughs> So she gets this little change in her expression, and she's like thinking. Moraine's thinking to herself, "Okay, that's suspicious that she even had wine in her hand, greeting me at the door. Who? What? What is this place?" She thinks about the surroundings. This is suspicious. It's spiced wine. What could be in here? Maybe there's a Mickey. So she does that weaving thing with this uh, channeling spirit. And I have a question about this. So she touches the innkeeper with this, like, uh, weave of spirit. And she asks her again, are you certain that you've seen a patron like the one I've described? Are you certain? And the woman is, like, compelled to be honest and sort of backtracks a little, oh, maybe not. I I don't think so. And, you know, that's kind of revealed. And then (laughs) Moiraine knows the kind of operation is exactly as she expected going on here. So she says... How many girls do you feed wine to like this? And what happens to them afterwards? And the woman is like, uh, you know, I don't really know what you're talking about. I got to I gotta go. And even though she wants to leave and was about to, Moiraine is like, no, drink. Drink the wine that you're mm-hmm. going to give me. And she's like, liar, liar, <laughs> kind of like compelled to grab the wine. She doesn't really want to. You can see the look on her face is one of horror. And she drinks the wine, unable to stop herself like gurgling it down and uh, I'll just read the, t- the text, a part of it. It says, still staring into Moiraine's eyes, the woman raised the mug unsteadily to her mouth and her throat worked convulsively as she swallowed. Abruptly, her eyes widened as she realized what she was doing and with a cry, she flung the mug away and a spray of wine. Moiraine released the weave, but that did not lessen Mistress Sadorov's fear. The woman's face contorted with terror as she gazed around the room. And, uh, you know, she is convulsing, crawling away. She's dying in front of everyone or at least passing out and probably (laughs) she's dying. Um, I don't think she's dying. I think she's like 
drugged. Oh, okay. Because it felt so violent. I guess, you know what? It was a little dramatic. It said that, like, she was crawling away as though her bones were dissolving. But I'm guessing that's just <laughs> extreme drama to the... Yeah. So, my question about this whole thing is, isn't this close to using the power as a weapon? No, um, because she didn't directly, like, harm the woman. She basically... Made her no, not herself. really. Like, because Moiraine doesn't know what is in the drink. And so she's like, okay, well, you do what you were about to do to me. And watches that unfold. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a result of the woman's own actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if the woman were truly, like, dying from some kind of poison or something, I think Moiraine would probably have healed her. Okay. Because my question is, based on what you just said, if she, I know she doesn't know that it's some sort of poison or, or like damaging thing, but she believes it is. Yeah. That's why I she doesn't th- want to drink it. But is it? Well, I think she suspects that this woman basically drugs people at, who are then like whatever. robbed or assaulted, but probably not murdered. Probably. Because uh, I think, you know, if it's like that, there's like a My Favorite Murder episode or something where they talk about this inn that people came and visited and like the innkeepers would just like kill people and bury them in a a ditch Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's you can only get away with that for so long you know like so i i don't think that these people are murdering people i think that she's probably drugging them robbing them maybe people are being assaulted weaponizing it isn't it like i think they interpret weapon to truly mean like permanent harm to Mm -hmm. like one's life gotcha basically okay I just thought about, like, how she had such a conflict of interest when she inadvertently caused the death. I know that was death. I guess yeah. in this sense, I was I was kind of convinced in this moment that she had died. But either yeah. way, I was like, that's kind of extreme, like, harm that has become of her, at least it looks like, at least, from her reaction. And I was like, I'm surprised that my brain didn't have a minute where she was like, hmm. Instead, she was like, I wish... Almost that a blue Aja could have seen me doing that. Or not, I wish. I'm glad a blue Aja didn't see that happen because they would have known that was like kind of like the work of a blue Aja in like seeking justice, you know? And I think that's the other thing, which is I think that she thinks that she's doling out justice in this moment, which I think allows her to sort of understand her actions and her weaving in in a different way. Yeah, I wonder if this is kind of like showing some of the nuance of blue Aja that maybe someone from another Aja would look at that and be like, that was kind of like, yeah, that was beyond the scope spirit of of the oath. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm glad I asked because I was really curious. Excuse me. I was really curious about that moment. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So she has this whole thing. She does this whole drama where the woman drinks her own Mickey passes out in this whole big dramatic thing. People run out of the inn. Some of them are like, no one knows Moiraine did anything other than like had this sort of like persuasion over this woman verbally. So everyone kind of like runs out. She runs out with them. And uh, it was all just for nothing. She she keeps striking out. She keeps going in after that. She's like, oh, well, and kind of moves on. Um, In her journey of trying to figure out where Swan is, she is thieved by people. Uh, Men try to assault her, jump her. Arrows try to be uh, stolen, like, 
a dozen times and in the meantime everywhere she goes nothing she sees inns that were like the kind of crappy ones she comes upon other inns that were like the sort of flowery uh get you get you stoned and take your stuff ones nothing she's kind of like giving up it's getting cold it's getting dark in the city and swan surprises moraine in an alleyway from behind like oh my god and she's so happy to see her they're so happy to see each other they embrace and swan is like okay we don't have time before it gets dark um come to my inn and moraine's like okay where are you staying and she's like okay well you know it's probably not where you're used to it's probably not so nice so just be prepared and she's like all right whatever and she's like you can uh we'll be far away from any ice to sister so you can what did she say like you could play with the ticks or play with the fleas yeah <laughs> And so they, you know, they hurry along and they find the uh, the Evening Star, which is the inn that Swan is staying at. It's actually quite nice. It's not this little shack. It's like three-story. It has, it's really nice in Moiraine's opinion, and it has guards at the door. Most of the clientele are, like, quiet. There's, like, families staying there, a lot of female clientele. And she could tell it's kind of a, you know, place where they're unlikely to come upon any trouble. She's led up to Swan's room. Uh, Swan paid a, paid a little extra to have her on, <laughs> added to the room <laughs> just mm-hmm. in case so she could get a key card of her own, <laughs> get room service. So uh, she leads her up to the room, and they're really giddy to see one another. It's a really cute exchange they have where Moraine's like, happy that they'll be sharing a bed and you know in anticipation of sharing the bed she knows that swan knows every place that she's like ticklish it's really really cute my mm-hmm. has no info to share basically she struck out on her lead and swan is like okay and she's like what about you have you found anybody and swan says i have one potential person left uh, i haven't been able to question her name is lady ines and she had a son who she named Rahin. Rahin? I, I said Rahin. Yeah. Rahin. And she named him this because she saw the dawn come up over Dragon Mount. And Marion's like, great. Uh, it sounded to me like you said dong. You are. Your head is in the gutter. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone out there, you heard it for you. <laughs> the dong came up over Dragon Mount. <laughs> so she named her son Rahin. <laughs> so my brain is like okay great let's go talk to her and she's like i can't she is in the ice dishar palace i'm sure i'm putting the emphasis on the wrong part there but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my brain says okay well we'll find a way in tomorrow i have an idea uh any word on like black aja activity and she kind of like doesn't feel even right saying it out loud like it's voldemort uh, and she tells the story to Moraine about a blacksmith in town who died a few nights ago. And everyone's talking about it because he was kind of healthy and he was, you know, sort of ordinary. But then recently he's become a big speaker in his community and he's rallied a lot of people to fundraise and uh, he raised a ton of silver. And he was on his way to deliver said silver when he died of a broken back with like not a mark on him. Nobody attacked him, it looks like. And none of his stuff was stolen, not even a coin. So she thinks sounds very Black Aja to her. Suspicious. Suspicious indeed. And Moiraine is like, well, it's, you know, it does sound suspicious, but it's best not to really, like, seek danger where it isn't. And Swan says, I warn you the opposite, basically. 
and be on guard because anyone could be Black Aja. And Irene explains to her some sort of plan, which we're not let in on yet, but whatever this plan to get into the palace and, you know, have a audience with Lady Inez is, Swan doesn't like it one bit, but she agrees out of necessity. And that is the end of my chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, That blacksmith has me thinking. Okay. This blacksmith who recently, you know, became uh, a, a member of his community that were was doing things. Sorry, I just like hit my microphone real hard. It's okay, as long as you didn't hurt yourself. <laughs> no, I'm good. So this blacksmith that's recently become a member, like shining member of his community and has rallied people together and has had influence that's been successful has just mm-hmm. randomly died around the same time that Rand was born. And we know that Perrin was born around the same time as Rand. And we know that Perrin has, you know, in even though it's been about 700 books, it feels like, uh, he recently has got a lot of influence in his community and rallied people together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. My fires are stoked. <laughs> okay. Well, keep those fires stoking. Ablaze. <laughs> My chapter is chapter 24, Making Use of Invisibility, mm-hmm. uh, and the sigil is The Rising Sun of Kyrian. Um, and my chapter is a little bit of a shorty, but it kind of just follows up on yours, and it sticks with Swan and Moiraine. Uh, and they're kind of waking up the next morning, um, essentially kind of debating, arguing still over the plan. Because mm-hmm. somebody has, like, Moiraine has convinced Swan, but Swan is grumbling and doesn't really like it and thinks that Moiraine's taking all the risks. And Moiraine's like, I'm not taking all the risks. Like, just get over it. Let's let's get it together. This is our best plan of action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so... <laughs> Moiraine is kind of like, God, it's nice to see Swan, but it would be, uh, she refers to a bear with a sore tooth being better company than her right now, or even <laughs> Lan. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, and so they set out for the day. They head downstairs in the inn and uh, chat with the innkeeper, who they ask for uh, if she, they can hire two of her men to escort them for a few hours uh, this morning. And she's like, if you're trying to get my people involved in duels or, you know, something like that, absolutely not. No. What do you What do you want? And Moiraine is like, I, I'm going to the bank. Calm down. Uh, so I just need some escorts because I'm banking right and, and by the like, way none of your damn business if i want right. to go have a whip duel <laughs> i was just thinking whip duels uh are so funny to me well i mean <sighs> they're not funny but it's just like a, an whip tools are a laugh riot <laughs> um when i was a kid there was a period of time where my brother was taking was like got a bow and arrow and like might have been taking archery lessons or something like that mm-hmm. and i was like i want to do something like that and my parents were like well like what what would you want to do and i just remember uh, it was right exactly at the time as batman returns came out uh-huh. and i was like obsessed with Catwoman and I was like I want to take whip lessons and they were like yeah that's not gonna happen <sighs> anyway oh my god <laughs> it's fitting though isn't it uh, it really is do you know how bad I wanted a whip oh my god I, I mean I never would have asked 
Every little queer kid who was obsessed with Catwoman, I think, wanted to every female like video game character that they put in like early video games had a whip. Yes, yeah, of course, you know. (sighs) All right, so they're going to the bank. (laughs) Okay, I gotta get. I gotta take a breath. I gotta take a breath and reset. Whip lessons really took it out of you, huh? Yeah, that's hilarious that you like out loud said I'm gonna take a whip. Like, I wouldn't even have thought as a young person that there were whip lessons. Like, I wanted a whip in the same way that I wanted a magic wand. You know, I didn't think to myself, oh, I can't wait to get whip lessons. I'm assuming, I mean, it must be skills that somebody has that they teach people somewhere. But Mm. I feel like probably in Santa Barbara in the mid-90s, there weren't a lot of advertisements in the Yellow Pages for whip instructors. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) I can't breathe. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So uh, the innkeeper agrees to give them them a couple of men who carry them in a sedan chair uh, to the bank. And again, swan the whole way as they're eating what sound like croissants because they're just described as large crusty rolls so i'm picturing croissants yes and they were fresh baked yes uh is still grumbling about about the plan and also berating moiraine about how much how she just throws money around Mm -hmm. uh and they go to the bank where they uh you know get some cash from the banker who is this lovely woman and they also ask her uh for directions to a a really good seamstress Mm -hmm. so they head to the seamstress and as they're on the way swan is still like kind of picking at the threads of the story of this blacksmith and you know thinking about how he must have if he were carrying even a small amount compared to what they have like he would have been loaded down like a mule she says uh and swan is convinced that it must have been the black asha that killed him somehow for some reason mm-hmm. um and they get to the uh what's it called uh whip instructor dressmaker they get to the whip instructor uh (laughs) do a few you know backflips and things like that and whip the heads off of some mannequins as practice uh did you know she did that in one take have you seen the behind the scenes footage of that no oh my god i think if if you just google uh like michelle pfeiffer or catwoman um like behind the scenes whip or something like that that scene where she whips the heads off of the mannequins, she did it all in one take on the first take. And every and like the whole uh like crew like busts out in applause for her. It's Damn. pretty cute. Oh my god. Did you ever did you see the Emperor's New Groove? The animated one? Yeah. I I mean, yes. Of course, yes. <laughs> Do you know that when Eartha Kit has her <laughs> has her voice changed? Because she transforms and she says, is that my voice? Is that what I sound like? <laughs> that was not a uh, plan to be in the movie. She just said that when she heard her voice on a voice changer. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they were so like, funny. Ooh, we're going to put that in the movie. <laughs> I love that. I did not know that. Also, <laughs> I did not know until just now that that was Eartha Kitt. Oh, yeah. Yzma. She played Yzma? Mm-hmm. I have to verify this. Yeah. That voice. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Wow. I don't know how I never put that together. I love Eartha Kit. I know. I know. I just recently saw uh, that fact on some sort of list. And when you said a random fact, it like blew my mind. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Why that came to my mind. Anyway. 
right. Whips. <laughs> Lots I of mean, detours today, yeah. so but it's okay. They get to the dressmaker, not the whip lessons, the dressmaker. Yes, they get to the seamstress. <sighs> uh, and when they get there, Moiraine basically breaks every single rule that she tried to enforce for Swan earlier. <laughs> and she's like, uh, this is what I need, and I need them tomorrow, and you need to put all your seamstresses to work. And the woman, of course, is like, no, absolutely not. Maybe by the end of the month, maybe later, mm-hmm. if I can find time at all. Like, uh. And then she says, the king of Malkiar is visiting the palace, blah, blah, blah. And Moiraine is like, the last king died 25 years ago. Here's some money. Get the dresses to me tomorrow. <laughs> and then basically is like, and you'll get this much again uh, if you deliver them to me as fast as possible. And for every day that it takes, I'm going to take six coins away from the pot of money that I'm offering you. So get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, the day after, like two days later... They are setting out. So she got the dresses delivered very quickly. Uh, so money makes the world go round, as mm. always. You know, as a person who's worked in customer service, this hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> For the dressmaker. Yeah. <sighs> Relatable, <But> though. <laughs> it worked. So yeah. they are heading to the Idashar Palace. Uh, and Moiraine this time is going as Lady Moiraine Damadred. So she's back in her Kyrian finest style with her, you know, slashes of color on her dress, mm-hmm. indicating her, uh, her house and, uh, you know, her name as House Damadred will get her access into the palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because nobody really knows who the next ruler of Kyrian could be. And so she she very well could be the next queen of Kyrian. So everybody is, you know, she's sure that it will get her access. And of course it does. And they give her beautiful, suitable apartments with multiple rooms. Kind of sounds just like the ones Lan has. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as two maids and an errand boy, just like Lan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Swan is going, is under undercover as mm-hmm. her lady's maid, Suki. Yes. Uh, which, I guess it was Nana. For some reason, in, when I read Suki, I was like, did any of the other, whenever, whenever like, Egwene or Nynaeve or Elaine ever, they never used the name Suki, did they? No, but the name Suki does stand out to me. But I don't, it wasn't that. It was, when I was thinking, I think it was Nana too. But the name Suki is, did stick out to me for some reason. There, I think there was another character somewhere in the Wheel of Time. <laughs> yeah, if somebody out there knows who the other Suki is in Wheel of Time... Let us know. I know who the Suki is in Gilmore Girls. Yes. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Speaking of which, uh, I haven't seen The Little Mermaid yet, but I have seen photos of her makeup and yeah. oof. Oh, you saw the movie? No, no. I have seen photos of the makeup as well. Uh, rough. It is rough. I've seen a lot of photos. I've seen like the early photo. I don't know what the difference is in some of the like photos I'm seeing from the movie that don't look so rough and that one photo that circulated <laughs> that's like with the green heavy yeah where her eyebrow is is uh, that from the movie trying too? to yes it is and her eyebrow looks like it's trying to escape from her face oh my gosh is that her as like a human or something i don't know what anyway i'm no, curious that's to just see straight up one of the days of ursula's filming yeesh well yeah, yeah. they could have done better i i heard it yes. i heard good things about the movie though other than that so i'm i'm hopeful my friend who, uh, Fletcher, yes. uh, who is a Little Mermaid uh, and just generally mermaid-obsessed person, mm-hmm. uh, said it was great. Oh, yeah. I think I saw some Instagram stories leading up <laughs> to watching mm. it. I think Fletcher's story is about uh, the makeup. 
is what yes. first caught my eye. <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay. So anyway, uh, bup, 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 bup. so she's Suki, and Moiraine is Lady Moiraine Damadred. And she's like, you know, tells the servants that she wishes to, you know, pay respects to Lady Inez, uh, who is in seclusion, mourning her husband, mm-hmm. uh, who apparently fell over dead in his breakfast porridge 10 days ago, uh, you know, uh, suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, you know, a close friend to the prince, and uh, she's going to remain in seclusion for a full month. Nobody but family is seeing her. And so Moiraine is like, okay, well, I guess that's not going to work, but she will see an Aes Sedai if she's not going to see Lady Moiraine. Uh, and Swan is like, are you are you mad? Like, you're already attracting enough attention. If you suddenly become Moiraine, Damadred, Aes Sedai, like, we might as well just, like, blow trumpets and tell everybody where you are. Mm-hmm. And Moiraine's like, "What? I don't know what else we can do about it. Like, we've got to get in to see this woman to find out if her son is the Dragon Reborn. Like, we've got to got to figure this out. We've got to pull out the stops. <sighs> yeah. So she, uh, one of the standing women to tell Lady Inez that she will be coming to see her. Um, and the, uh, uh, you know, woman goes scurrying and heads on out. And Moiraine and Swan is like, I don't even know what you're thinking. Like, maybe I can go get in there as her servant if I can befriend her servants. And um, Moiraine is like, maybe, like, you know, Let's give it a go. So Moiraine is going to try to get in there as Aes Sedai, and, uh, and she's, like, uh, going to try to get in with a, a young footman named Cal, who is connected to Lady Inez. And that is the end of chapter 24, making use of invisibility. I have to say, I didn't like the title of that chapter. I thought it was uh, a little lazy. <laughs> making use of invisibility. Running, I mean... out of, running out of steam at the end of the book. Just saying. What, what would have been better? Um... Invisibility, even. Whip Lessons? Whip, whip Lessons, which is 100% the title of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was your favorite part of these chapters? Hmm. I really liked... Mm. I don't know. I was going to say that I liked the reunion of, of Swan and Warrain and all of like the little inner dialogue, which I did. But I think, actually, my favorite moment was the whole exchange in the inn where she, like... Uh, compels the woman to, like, drug herself. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really cool. That's my favorite kind of power, that idea of, like, you know, compulsion or whatever that is. I think it's really Mm. a cool trick. I think it's interesting how she's able to kind of, like, skirt around what could be, like, you know, dangerous rules and the oaths and stuff by doing stuff like that and kind of not reveal herself. She could do it in a crowded room. I love that idea. Um, there could be 99 people in a room. <laughs> just one. Just needs to give you a whip lesson. Um, yeah, I just loved that whole exchange. And it was kind of like horror movie vibes. Like the whole thing of her, like her wide eyes taking the drink. And ah. anyway, I really like that. Mm. So what about you? Um, I really liked the uh, sassy exchange with the... Um, seamstress i just thought it was funny 
where, you know, we had seen Moiraine be so, like, aghast at Swan uh, sort of, like, breaking the rules, but then Moiraine being like, there's no time. Like, here's a fuck ton of money. Just get it done. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of liked that juxtaposition. Um, and, but just seeing still how the same, like, customs of, like, how you're supposed to interact with this, like, master m- master seamstress uh, being sort of just ignored by Moiraine, I thought was fun. So mm-hmm. I think that was my favorite part. <laughs> you know what's funny about the seamstress moment, too, or, or around the dresses, is that I think there's a moment where, where when Moiraine first sees Swan again, where she notices she's wearing the same dress from the last time she's seen her <laughs> and the time before that. And yes. it's like just filthy. And she and I'm yes. just remembering that moment before where she like forced her to buy like twelve dresses. Yes. <laughs> Moiraine is like, motherfucker. <laughs> and she's still wearing the same goddamn dress. Anyway. <sighs> we are uh three chapters away from the end of this yeah. book. I think that the next one we're gonna do all three. Yeah, I looked ahead at it totally doable. I'm excited to be doing the last one. Wild, wild, it's just wild. And uh, I don't know how. I mean, obviously, we're not gonna end anywhere near to where we begin, unless the no. epilogue just isn't fast forward or something. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how we're gonna end this book in a way that makes me understand their journeys. Mm. onward you know i'm very curious three chapters that's like they're not long (laughs) they're not long no and i know they're in the same place now you know but yes how does it all connect up yeah we'll see i'm excited well if you enjoyed listening to this and you'd like to show your gratitude we would love it if you would write us a review and subscribe to our podcast Yes, and please go tell people, spread the word, sing it from the mountaintops, and tell everybody else to go listen to our podcast, please. And we love chatting with our listeners, so feel free to send us an email at coolstorypod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at coolstorypod and Twitter at coolstorypod1. Also, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Matt, and it's full of fun stuff like movie reviews and games that we play, so you should go check it out there's like 50 plus hours of content there so go 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 look head on over <laughs> and you can also support us by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash n and matt thanks for listening to cool story see you next week bye see ya